Today is December 1st of 2023, the meteorological beginning of winter. In case you were wondering, that's your useless fact of the day. My name is Larry Lannon. I'm uh, the producer of this Chapter 49 podcast. We represent in Chapter 49 most IRS employees in the state of Indiana. And uh, I would like to welcome Duncan Giles, our chapter president, back to do the podcast. Welcome back, Duncan. Thank you, Larry. It's always good to be here. And we have a couple of guests today. If you're looking on uh, video, you can see that already. So I will bow out here and uh, let uh, Duncan take this over and uh, speak to our guests on the first part of our podcast today. Yeah, we've got a a couple of uh, guests from uh, United Benefits who work with NTU on several different issues. And Zach, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and take it away and let people know how United Benefits can help uh, NTU members. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, Duncan. And thanks for allowing us to be here. You and Larry both. Uh, we really appreciate this. Um, my name is Zach Peck, and uh, I've been with the company for, well, and been working with federal employees for almost 18 years now. Um, it seems like it was just yesterday. But uh, kind of what we do is for NTU and for federal employees in the membership of NTU is we help them with all aspects of their benefits from the new hire orientation of when they come in, helping them select health plans, helping them select, you know, their core benefits to additional benefits that they can receive by being union members and being part of NTU. Uh, so we do have a special NTU benefit package for that membership uh, as kind of an in- a great incentive. Now, also, uh, we help post-retirement as well. So all through their federal career, as well as going into um, their retirement. So we can help them with their retirement. We can help them with their Medicare as well. Uh, so that's kind of, in a nutshell, basically what we do. I hope I hadn't missed anything there. But um I want to introduce uh, my partner here with me. Uh, She is a specialist in the FEHB, Medicare, in that division. All right, Nicole is the uh, National Health and Medicare Director for United Benefits. Uh, She's been in the insurance industry uh, for six years. Um, Prior to that, she worked in finance at one of the top 25 children's hospitals in the country. Um, So she has became our leading expert in, you know, national health and Medicare benefits. So, Nicole, um, uh, you won't have anything to say. And, Duncan, you got any questions on that? Um, Well, before Nicole starts, I just want to reemphasize, Zach, and make sure that when folks contact United Benefits, either directly or through their chapters, that there's no cost for any consultations or any questions that the members might have about exactly what you guys offer? That is a great question, and that's 100% correct. There is, It is no charge to any of those members. There's no cost at all. Uh, we offer this these services as a free service for, their mem- for being members. So thank you. Great. Great. Okay. Uh, Nicole, um, that was a very nice introduction that Zach gave you, and... The reason that I wanted to have you folks on the podcast today is because it is open season and just want to dive in a little bit and talk about how folks can really help themselves 
by choosing the best plans during open season? Yes. So there's a couple things that when you're looking at plans that you're going to want to pay attention to. A lot of times when we choose a plan, we're looking at either cost and we want the cheapest plan or we're looking at cost and think that more expensive is better or we're just taking advice from a friend. And um, (laughs) we probably the two most popular carriers are the most popular because friends have said, hey, this carrier is great. And I always tell any federal employee I'm talking to when it's related to what health insurance do I choose? They're all honestly good options. Um, I've seen group plans from very small businesses to very large companies. I worked for two Fortune 500 companies, never had benefits that look as good as what you guys are offered. So there's not something that could necessarily be quote unquote bad. But the things that you'll want to pay attention to as it relates to what's good for you specifically is um, deductible and more importantly, out-of-pocket max. So your out-of-pocket max is the most you would have to pay in a given year if something major happened to you. So think about things like heart issues, cancer, hospital stays, surgeries. That number is oftentimes more important than that deductible number. Then looking at co-pays for things like doctor visits and um, sometimes some of the plans have co-pays for surgery or they might have co-pays for lab work and x-rays. And then looking at that biweekly premium and does that fit your budget? There's a, after you look at all of that, there are links and when you're looking at things in either OPM or your BenFed site where you can check and make sure your doctors are in network. So maybe you see something that looks really great, the premium's really good, but maybe your doctor's not in network. So you want to double check the networks. And also there's also a link to look at medication. So you can see how your specific medication is covered under a given plan. So those are kind of the key things somebody would want to look at. Yeah. And we at NTU uh, pay for the members to get the consumer's checkbook, okay, uh, which I find a invaluable source for comparing apples to apples. Uh, for sure. Uh, because like you said, you can get down, you know, people just want to take a quick look. Oh, well, I've always had this, so I'm always going to want to keep this. And when I hear answers like that, it makes me want to just bang my head against my desk. Dear God, no. Um, yes, we hear that a lot. And to that end, I talked to somebody this week. They're getting ready to retire next year. So they're like, we're trying to figure out what health insurance we should choose for next year. They had the absolute most expensive health insurance that they could get on OPM. They were paying, I think, around $1,300 a month for just two people. So um, they had never looked at anything else, never looked at any options because it was what they had always had. And that, to me, is just um, insane. I've I've done uh, workshops. We have a call site in Indiana, and I've done... Uh, at Indianapolis, done a workshop before in showing people exactly the apples to apples comparison. And once people take a look at that, I find that they're like, it's almost like a light goes on above their head. Yes. And they've, they've not, not taken the time to look at it. They either pick something and stayed with it based on premium, either high or low, or what somebody told them to do um, without looking at how maybe that impacts their cost of care throughout the year. Yeah, and one of the things that I I like to do is I go through, and I did this uh, earlier this week. I took a look. I like my plan. Mm -hmm. My plan's got, you know, decent premiums. My plan has, uh, you know, 
good catastrophic coverage, right. things of that nature. But I always want to check every year. Yeah. I want to take a check. Is this the right plan for me? Yes. And it, it's, it's good to look at it every year, especially since there's so many options and, you know, things can change either your, your premium or deductibles, co-pays, things like that can change every year. Even network can change. So with it, the amount of options you guys have, it is definitely good to at least check it and make sure if you don't want to change plans that your current plan is going to meet your needs. Yeah, because even folks who do, um, you know, one of the things that I discovered about mine, because I'm getting more seasoned, um, uh, not quite there yet, but things like Medicare uh, Advantage plans, some of the companies out there will pay for those or pay a portion of those uh, so that they're not basically on the hook for everything. So, I mean, aren't there a right. lot of different moving parts for this? There are so many different moving parts. And since you brought up Medicare, that's, you know, one thing um, your health insurance can act um, kind of coordinate differently with Medicare. So as people are going into retirement, that's another piece of the puzzle to look at. Well, if I'm over 65 or going to be 65 soon, how does this plan work with Medicare? Because they don't all work the same. Um, even within carriers, they might not all work the same with that given carrier and how it works with Medicare. Some of the plans are, like you said, going to help pay for Medicare. Some are going to cover everything Medicare doesn't pay and some don't. So it's you, you definitely want to check that out if you're of Medicare age. Yep. And once again, I would urge all members out there that are listening or watching this to go to uh, www.ntu.org and, you know, go look at that consumer's checkbook. You can take a look, you know, it'll ask you what your zip code is. Very easy question and answer thing that you right. do online for just a few minutes and you're able to compare these things. And this this can put literally thousands of dollars in a lot of cases, wouldn't you say, into people's pockets if they're not on the right plan? Absolutely. Yes, it can save you a ton of money either in your premiums or your cost of care for sure, 100%. Now, how does United Benefits play into something like this? Do you, you ever advise members during open season or is this part of something that when you sit down with members you talk about? So both. So we actually just did a webinar on this. Um, and if you want to access it, you can go to our website, which is just unitedbenefits.com. You can look at that website, um, at that webinar. You can also contact us and we will help you navigate this, whether it's going through the consumer checkbook with you, looking at plans on OPM, telling you or answering questions about your current plan. Um, you know, some people don't understand what all those terms are. They don't understand the difference between coinsurance and copays. They don't understand the difference between their deductible and out-of-pocket max. They don't know how if their plan covers them out of network. And those are things that we can advise on and will advise on at no no cost to your members. And where do they go again to be able to do that? Unitedbenefits.com. You can either watch our webinars or you can fill out a form and somebody will contact you. Yep. And some of the things that, uh, like Zach was saying earlier, you guys have a whole slew of different programs that can help depending because everybody's needs are different, whether Correct. it's health insurance or, you know, life situations on different things that can help um, employees getting through their lives. Absolutely. And, you know, part of what we do is not just um, looking out for you in terms of 
while you're on the job, but looking out for you in terms of your whole life, in terms of your, you know, your finances, your health, how all of these things work together to impact you. So when we think about health insurance, we don't, we think, okay, this is my, this is the thing that saves me. And it does, it provides such a financial protection to have health insurance, but people don't think about if I get sick, what happens? And that's part of what United Benefits does, because if you're sick, you get cancer, you have a surgery and you're out of work for three months, you have health insurance, but you might not have sick leave left. You might not have enough savings to pay that out of pocket max, which can be anywhere from six to nine thousand dollars. And that's where we come in and help fill those gaps that your health insurance might leave behind. Excellent. Excellent. And, you know, just for the folks out there, uh, I've known the uh, folks from United Benefits for a long time, uh, dealt with them. They're a very good company to talk to. And again, uh, as we emphasize with Zach, this doesn't cost you anything. You know, it's filling out a form, somebody contacting you, talking to you. If you, you know, like certain programs, you can do part, all, or none just depending upon your situation. Is that correct, Nicole? Absolutely, yes. And we're not, we're really here with the the, the sole motive of helping our federal union members to make the best choices for them. So whether that's just giving you advice, whether that's showing you a product, whether that's just helping you through either a process or a claim, we're just here to help and support the union and their members. And that's, that's what we all need is, is all the help we can get. Um, is there anything you would like to add, Nicole? I don't think so. I think we covered, you know, a lot at a very high level. But like I said, if you guys need help, have any specific questions, you can reach out to us anytime throughout the year. And so there you have it, folks. I want to uh, thank both Zach and Nicole for appearing here, breaking down a little bit more uh, what's going on during open season and the other benefits that United Benefits offers. Thanks for having us. Yes, absolutely. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Nicole, have a good day. Yeah, Nicole thank and Zach, you. thank you very much. We'll excuse you. You can go back to whatever you were doing before. Zach's on the road, so so please be yep. careful out there, Zach. Yes, sir, I will. Y'all have a good day. Okay. Thank you all so thank much. Thank you. And uh, thank you as well, Nicole. It was, uh, it's good to talk to you. Good to, good to listen to the conversation. It yes. was very uh, Good very to meet you guys. Thank you. Okay, take care. I don't know, Duncan. I think you just uh, put me out of a job. You're you're just great, just hosting this thing all by yourself. I, you don't need me anymore. I can really retire oh, now. No, I always, <laughs> trust me, I always need you wherever I go. And they're like, you know, you're okay, but that Larry guy really knows how to do it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he's an old he's an old radio guy. He carries. So. I think the key word is old. Or I could call myself a seasoned radio guy. <laughs> I like uh, your choice just, of words. Yeah. And again, for the folks that are listening, I just think that, you know, United Benefits offers a um, a wealth of programs that can help uh, union members. And like I say, you like it, you can get some of it or none of it, but it's always good to have somebody talk to you to figure out what's best for you, what might work best for you. And that's, that's what I'm trying to make sure that everybody avails themselves, whether it's consumer checkbook for health insurance United Benefits for advice on that or anything else. And, yeah, just trying to help where we can. Yeah, and I think the key thing, and I want to just repeat something you already mentioned so people are clear on this, is that United Benefits is contracted with NTEU to provide you with advice, and that is the important word, advice. You're not contracting with them 
to make your decisions for you. Uh, you are simply uh, under our contract able to get advice, and you can take it or not, or take part of it or not. It's really up to you as the individual member to decide that. Exactly, and you know, I'm I'm a big proponent of theirs. I get nothing for being a big proponent. I'm just, like I said, anything that we can do that the you know, it's it's like the union offers disc chapter forty nine and NTU National offers discounts on car rental companies or you know, moving expenses, things of that nature. This is another benefit of being a member, and I think it's a very, very valuable me- benefit just to be able to talk to some folks who know exactly what's going on and what they're doing. And just as a reminder, we're recording this and posting this on December 1st, 2023. When's the end of open season? Uh, December 11th, so, so you, you've got some time. If you're listening... So we want to- yeah, you never know when people watch or listen, but if it's on or before December 11th, you still have time. I mean, it's the deadline is December 11th. You can still do it on the 11th, correct? Yes. Okay. And so, if you're listening to this after December 11th, you should have been listening to this podcast. <laughs> Advice from Duncan Giles, if you choose to accept it. Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, we do have some, some things to talk about in addition. Uh we talk sometimes about what happens in Congress, and I did watch the whole thing. I saw some clips, and I saw some news reports. There was a recent hearing in the House of Representatives. It was about telework. And I have to tell you, I, I watched this, and some of the questions these members come up with, you just have to wonder where it comes from. And, and the one example, and I'll let you talk more about it, was a particular member of the House who was trying to badger, and I, I think badgering would be the right word to use, uh, 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 an official with the Social Security Administration. And she was trying to say, well, you know, you people have a backlog, and you're letting these people work at home? How dare you? They're sitting on their couch, and these people are waiting for their benefits, and da 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 Finally, this Social Security uh, representatives, the man who represented management, said, well, you know, the reason we're at, we have a backlog has nothing to do with telework because we don't get the right kind of funding and we're having trouble getting people recruited to work here. Well, how do you... How, and then I think the next question was, well, how do you monitor this? And he went chapter and verse. Here's how we monitor it. Just like, you know, that we monitor their work all the time. They When they're on duty, they're not sitting on a couch. They're available for, you know, a teleconference or a phone call or whatever from a man any time. Of course, if they're working on their telephone system, they're being monitored all the time. If there's toll, like the toll-free service... But if it's someone, it's a caseworker or something like that, they're constantly, you know, under, you know, being watched by management and in a reasonable kind of way, not looking over your shoulder all the time, but making sure that people are working. So every time I hear these arguments from certain members of Congress, not all, that all these people are at home and not working, I just have to shake my head. Uh, tell me your your take on all this. Yeah, it was it was quite interesting to watch. I was I was fascinated by it. Because it was, you know, absolute political theater, uh, but the return to serve, the return serve was wonderful. Because you know, this representative from Social Security did exactly what he needed to do and just countered with facts. And you know, for you know, when you hear people talking about, well, the IRS is going to bring people back. Well, we have an agreement. You know, for for them to change telework, they have to change the agreement. So our agreement is going to be remaining in place. It has not been changed. 
So, you know, I know that there are some agencies out there that starting uh, next calendar year in the next month are going to be, you know, bringing more and more people in. Ours is going to be staying the same because we have an agreement that states that. And believe you me, every local chapter as well as national NTU will be holding management to that. And I, but to be honest with you, I've not heard any great groundswell from anybody high up in management. Now, of course, there's lower level managers that uh, tend to micromanage sometimes, but from on high, I've not heard anybody complain about low productivity, not being able to get a hold of people, or wanting to yank telework back because they know it works. And not only does it work, it's a great tool for recruitment and retention. And it should be noted that under the agreement that you helped negotiate, and it's been, and this particular part of it has been around for a long time, you come into the office two days a week out of every two-week pay period. So you're in the office. You're not in the office every day, but there's a minimum requirement to be in the office, and most people are in the office more days than that. Of course, some of these are field people, and there's a mix of being out of the office for other reasons, some, right. you know, on top of all that. So they're out of the office, you know, whether they're working at home or not. So, uh, yeah, I think all your points are well taken, and uh, I do want to ask this question. Uh, there is midterm bargaining going on. You know, in the middle of a five-year contract, uh, each side can open so many parts of the agreement. Uh, is there any danger management wants to change telework in any uh, specific way? Uh, I've talked to both national and folks on the uh, other chapter presidents, and I have not heard one thing about uh, reducing it, getting it back and all that. Basically what's happened is, that the administration says we want to make sure that we're justifying telework. Well, here at the IRS, we can quantify things very easily and justify it with no problem. You know, lower absenteeism, um, lower rates of sick leave, less FMLA. I mean, there's just a whole host of things that are able to be done. So um, I don't foresee that in the near future for IRS having to come back into the office full-time or uh, have a reduction in telework. And I think, you know, we have to remember uh, that uh, NTEU and IRS together pioneered the idea of working at home or at a third-party place, wherever it might be, because we had the flexi-place agreement that went into effect in the mid-'90s. We didn't have the technology to directly get into work, but it was just mostly field people or people who could take work home f- for them, maybe for a day or two out of a week. It was it was a situation where we pioneered the whole idea. And uh, we, as far as I remember, and I guess I was, I was vice president of the chapter at the time it was rolled out and helped travel the state and explain the agreement to people back in the mid-90s uh, with uh, Christine Kitts, who was then a, a management official with exam. Uh, at that time. And, and, you know, uh, yeah, there were people who pushed back, particularly some of the managers, uh, but then some of the employees didn't want to do it. We said, you don't have to do it then, but a lot of people are excited about it. And I think, Duncan, we, it goes back that far for us to say, we figured out how to make this work a long time ago. Yep. And it's like I tell uh, management up and down the chain from frontline managers to the highest level executives. If you've got an employee who is not good and, you know, they're screwing off on telework and that's a very small minority, thank goodness, uh, 
then they're going to be doing the same thing whether they're in the office. It's it's a problem with an employee, not a problem with telework. So you don't want to take that for the vast majority of employees who are thankful for telework, doing the right thing, and are actually more productive doing telework than they are going to the office. Yes, and I can say as a former uh, manager and union official, that's very true. Although I, I managed taxpayer assistance centers, so the opportunity to, to work uh, telework wasn't there as much as in other parts of the service. But people did occasionally do that, and you know, I don't think there was ever any problem with it. And really, if I look back at it, you're exactly right, Duncan. If some employee had an issue, it was the issue. It was not telework or Lexi Place in the old days. It was the fact that that employee's got, we got to work on that employee, not the contract provision that allows that person uh, to work at home. One other item I'd like to bring up, and this just really came up uh, very shortly before we we uh, record this podcast, and this is about the thrift savings plan. kind of does fit into benefits a little bit. But uh, this had been rumored to be the case, and I think it's been confirmed today. Uh, both the, uh, the Thrift Savings Plan people and NTEU, has, they've sent out a message to, to uh, members, I believe, about this. Uh, there's an, always been an international fund that uh, was available for you to, in which to invest. And there's been some changes in that. The biggest change is that in this new international fund, there will be no investments in China. There were some concerns about that. Uh, Lots of other places in the world where you can invest. And if you want to invest in a China mutual fund outside the TSP, you're certainly welcome to do that. Uh, But there was some push in Congress. And I think some employees a little uneasy about uh, about investing in China. Uh, So as a result of that, Duncan, uh, there has been a change. It's, It's been announced that the international fund that's being offered to uh, the, the one that's been around for a long time will now uh, not be invested in China. We'll, we'll move those investments elsewhere in the world. Yep. I think that's a, uh, a very good move. Allays a lot of uh, fears that uh, the folks in Congress and like you said, individual investors have plus the fact with, you know, where the Chinese economy is at the moment and that, you know, Health health open season, uh, health insurance open season is a big one for, you know, looking at and adjusting your health insurance accordingly. Thrift savings plan, you ought to be taking a look at at least once a year. Do I have the right mix of contributions for my interests? You know, if you're retiring in five years, you don't want to have everything in a fund that's, you know, 2065 because that's going to be a higher risk type thing. So it's something that you want to take a look at. You want to figure out what's the best mix for you. And that's, you know, one of those things that I'm very glad that the folks at TSP did take a look at that and say, yeah, we need to rework the iFund a little bit, make sure that we don't have those investments in China. Okay, Duncan, it's time for your final comment. Well, we just passed the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, I hope everybody, A, had a great one. But B, it's always a good time to, you know, as much as you can, be with your family, friends, you know, talk to your loved ones, be with them as much as possible. And I I advocate that all the time. You know, this, again, I've said it before, I'll continue to say it. This is work. This is not life. Don't make, you know, your work life your life. You know, this is just a job. So, you know, make sure that you take time 
to be with the ones that you need to be with, especially around holidays. All right, Duncan, I have to tell you, I, I, I plead guilty. I am totally, totally devoted to being retired. <laughs> so I, I'm well, guilty. No, actually, actually, for a retired guy, you work a lot. <laughs> yeah, I do, don't I? Yeah, what's the matter with me? I've tried to quit some of the things that I do, and nobody ever lets me. I try. I've tried a couple of times with one of my little projects, but uh, yeah, this is just one of them that I do. This is probably the the the, the least one in terms of effort that I have to put in because you're putting in a lot of the effort too. I just have one final comment, Duncan. No matter how tough things may be, no matter how bad your day is, just remember, you are not George Santos. <laughs> now, there's a guy that, that had a bad day. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Duncan, always good to talk to you. I think we did uh, provide a lot of information for people today. To, and, uh, you know, you, you once again did uh, what you've urged people to do for a long time, which is uh, look at your benefits every year at open season time. You may, not dis- may decide not to change anything, but at least you've looked at it. And you've made a decision uh, based on that uh, analysis. Duncan, thank you so much for joining us once again. This is the Chapter 49 podcast. And uh, we have our podcast. We try to make it weekly. Didn't make it last week because it was Thanksgiving week. We'll probably take some time off uh, around the uh, holiday of Christmas as well. But we do thank you for watching and listening. If you like the podcast, let other people know about it. But in the meantime, please be safe. Be kind. Be kind.